Welcome to TSF Life, a podcast ministry of the Shepherd's Fellowship Church in Marion, Ohio. TSF Life is designed to bring you biblical teaching in a relational way that's easy to apply to your life. Let's join Pastor Tom Hypes as we dive into today's teaching. Okay, so with that, we are still in our study. We've been um, in a study on the life of Christ now for about 15, 16 months. Uh, we've been looking at different aspects of Jesus' ministry. We just finished up the healings of Jesus. Uh, we are, let's see, I know like December, leaning towards more of um, looking at some prophecies of Jesus as we get into the Christmas season. Um, really kind of pumped and heading towards the, uh, the parables of Jesus, which will be coming in January. Jen, do you mind giving us some illumination in them? Uh, but to this month, in my head, when I'm praying about it and working on it, I've been calling it like the practicals of Jesus, like just the, the day-to-day teachings that he has of how we can have a deeper life, more passionate life, more spirit-filled life, and the practical things that we deal with. And as I've been working on that and digging into it this week, um, the kingdom of, of, of God kept coming up. Um, I, I mentioned a couple, well, it was probably about two years ago, uh, I was having lunch with a buddy of mine, Pastor Rowan, from the gathering place. And uh, he, he, that was kind of like the topic he brought to the table. Because I, I want to know what you think the kingdom of God is. That, that's just been resonating with me. It's been um, just plaguing me. I've been digging into it. We're talking about it as a church. What do you think the, the kingdom of God is? And I'm going to pose that question to you guys today as well. Because I don't think if we have, um, well, I think if we don't have the correct understanding of the kingdom of God, then it greatly impacts our day-to-day life. Um, and I'm also going to suggest to you that there is no real definition for the kingdom of God. Um, that, there, that there's something that we're supposed to be wandering about, something we're supposed to be growing in, something that we're supposed to be leaning into, something we're supposed to continue to experiment in. Uh, the, this this f- phrasing that God and Jesus use so often. Uh, what is the kingdom of God? Is it heaven? Yes. I mean, we, we know that's true. We do know that we have an eternity of what he wanted for all of us from the, the get-go if you accept Jesus as leader and forgive in your life. Uh, is it a fancy way of talking about the gospel? Like, is that the, the message of the kingdom of God? Is the gospel message of Jesus Christ that he left heaven for the cesspool to live for 33 years, that he taught and he explored and he exhibited everything that we're digging into? Is it... that he died and rose again for us so that if we acknowledge with our mouth he's the son of God and believe in our heart he died and rose again and gather with you God I'm not I'm following you that that we have this good news that we have the the kingdom of God heaven Uh, yeah to an extent but is that all that it means and so I want to go through a couple of scriptures with you on, on, on the screen, and uh, we'll, we'll just kind of take them one by one. Uh, Scott, the first one is going to be Luke 8, 1. And this is just to kind of get us started and warmed up a little bit. Uh, it says, Jesus, uh, soon afterward, uh, went through the cities and the villages, proclaiming and bringing the good news of the kingdom of God. What is that message? What, what does that mean? I, I think for most of us, a quick casual glance, it's, oh, he was giving them the gospel and how they can get to, to heaven. But is that all that he was trying to, to give to us in this life? Mark nine forty seven. and this one's interesting to me. If your eye causes you to sin, tear it out. 
it is better for you to enter the kingdom of God with one eye than with two eyes to be thrown into hell. And we've talked about this extreme big statements that Jesus was making in this to talk about the seriousness of sin. But is this comment, when he's talking about entering the kingdom of God, is he talking about heaven? Because we know that we're all sinners. We all, none of us deserve it. The only way that I'm going to get into heaven is because I accepted his grace and his mercy. So is that what he's talking about here? Or is there a kingdom of God aspect? Again, I'm never going to say that the heaven's not what they're talking about, kingdom of God. But is there an aspect of kingdom of God that is now? That my habitual sin, my leaning into the things that are the world instead of godly, are stopping me from entering into the fullness of what God has for me today? Oh, Matthew twenty-one forty-three. Therefore I tell you, the kingdom of God will be taken away from you and given to a people producing its fruits. As he's talking to the Jewish people about uh, the grafting of the Gentiles. If it can be taken away from me, I need to know what that is. That can't just be a platitude that, uh, that someday I get out of hell free card. That's got to be something more. What would be taken away from me? What does it mean to produce the fruits of the kingdom of God? Well, there's the fruits of the Spirit, absolutely. But it, how does that impact me daily in this aspect? John 3, 3, Jesus answered him, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless you are, uh, he is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. That's a powerful statement of kingdom of God equals heaven. But is there more? A couple of that are on the screen. If you're note-taking, I'll say the, the scripture reference twice so you can read them later. Uh, Matthew 12. 22 through 28, Matthew 12, 22 through 28, we have a healing or a miracle. Uh, so the flow of this would be familiar to us now that we've gone through the last seven. So as a demon-possessed man who was blind and mute was brought to Jesus, and Jesus healed him. And so that the man spoke and saw, and all the people were amazed, and they said, Can this be the son of David? But when the Pharisees heard it, they said, It is only by Beelzebub, the prince of demons, that this man cast out demons. Knowing the thoughts, Jesus said to them, Every kingdom divided against itself is laid waste. No city or house divided against itself will stand. And if Satan cast out Satan, he's divided against himself. How then will this kingdom stand? And if I cast out demons by Beelzebub, by, what, by whom do your sons cast them out? Therefore they will be your judges. Then hear this. It is by the Spirit of God that I cast out demons. Then... The kingdom of God has come upon you. What's that mean? It's not heaven. Heaven's not replaced earth yet. There's not the new heaven, new earth yet. What is that aspect of it? It doesn't have to do with the gospel. There's something more to our day-to-day life. Luke 9, 1 through 2. For those writing those down, Luke 9, 1 through 2. He called the twelve together and gave them power and authority over all demons and to cure diseases. And he sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal. That's our mission. That's our purpose. It's the only reason you and I are here. So what am I proclaiming? The gospel? Yes, absolutely. Heaven? Absolutely. But is there something more that's in our day-to-day life? Um, I was reading... So I was going through all this. I was reading multiple things and just kind of digging in, and I came across one blog. I wrote down the quote, but not the person's name. So this is not me, but uh, it is somebody. <laughs> it is somebody. And I think I have this in the Scott. Maybe I think I do. That the next slide there. The kingdom of God is freedom from oppression, 
healing and wholeness, hope, peace, and joy. We'll leave that up there for a second. The kingdom of God is freedom from oppression, healing, and wholeness, hope, peace, and joy. And I, the thing I think I liked about this particular definition is twofold. One, he's at least trying to fig- figure it out. Um, and I think these elements are true. I don't know if they get the fullness of it. But if I'm living, kingdom of God living, in my day-to-day, then I have to take and start wondering about the oppression that's in my life, the healing that's in my life, the wholeness that's in my life, the hope, the peace, the joy. This is a day-to-day invitation that I have to live in the kingdom. And when I start seeing that, it's going to change my attitude and my, my way of seeing things in my life that will greatly impact my emotions, my circumstances, and my worship, quite frankly. If you would, let's go ahead and get our Bibles out. Um, Because I I don't think I fully explains it, and I I think it's awesome that it's not fully explainable, and I'm going to contend to you that I think Jesus had a hard time explaining it. Uh, We're going to go to Matthew 13. Again, there's Bibles in the room underneath the chairs, and there's baskets if you need them, or version is up and running. But we come to a section where Jesus tries to explain what the kingdom of heaven is. And since it's essentially unexplainable, um, it's no surprise he goes to parables. He goes to metaphors, trying to get like a gist of things. And I was kind of trying to avoid this, uh, to be honest, when I was first started working on the series, because January is the parables of Jesus, and I don't want to get ahead of myself or whatever. But it really is something that, that needs a little bit of extra oomph. And I think when we add some biblical imagination to it, it actually gets very, very uh, interesting, this conversation or this monologue that Jesus has. But we're going to read through it. We're just kind of break it apart as we go. Um, verse 24, Matthew 13, says, Jesus put a, another parable for them, saying, the, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a man who sowed good seed in a field. But while his men were sleeping, his enemy came and sowed reeds among the wheat and went away. So when the plants came up and bore uh, grain, then the reeds also appeared. And the servants of the master of the house came and said to him, Master, did you not sow good seed in your fields? How then do we have reeds? He said to them, An enemy's done this. So the servant said to him, Then do you want us to go and gather them? But he said, No, lest to gather the reeds, you root up the wheat along with them. Let both grow together into the harvest, and at harvest time I will tell the reapers, Gather the reeds first and bind them in bundles to be burned, but gather the wheat into my barn. So there's this aspect of the, the harvest, the aspect of the enemy working against what is. I, I would contend to you that the kingdom of God is the harvest uh, in this particular metaphor, and Satan is fighting against that, the things that come into our lives to try to take away from that. But it doesn't seem that Jesus is um, fully satisfied with this particular metaphor, because metaphors only go so far in something that is so complex. So in verse 31 he says, uh, it says he, that he put out another parable for them, said, look, uh, the, the kingdom of heaven is like a grain of mustard seed that a man took and sowed in his field. It's the smallest of all seeds, but when it is grown, it is larger than, the, all the, um, than, all, larger than all the garden plants and becomes a tree, so that the birds of the air come and make nests in its branches. So there's something about it being small that grows and it matures. Verse 33, he's still not satisfied. Here he told him another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like leaven that a woman took and hid in three measures of flour until it was all leaven, until the bread expanded, until the bread was full, which was uncommon in their culture. It was usually unleavened bread. We see a lot about unleavened bread in the scripture. 
so there, there's this excess out of just a little. But still, he's not satisfied. So if you go over to verse 44, it says, The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and covered up. Then in his joy he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. It's a thing of great worth. It's something that is worth sacrificing in other things. But if we're not getting the fullness of it, verse 45, again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant. Search of fine pearls, who on finding one pearl of great value went and sold all that he had bought it. So he double hits just how valuable it is and that it's worth giving up everything else for. Verse 47, again, the kingdom of heaven is like a net. I was thrown in the sea and gathered fish of every kind. When it was full, men drew it ashore and sat down and sorted the good into containers, but threw away the bad. So it would be with the end of the age. The angels would come out, of the uh, come out and separate the evil from the righteous, sounds like the harvest, and throw them into a fiery furnace. In that place there would be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And after a multitude of parables, he asked the question in verse 51, Have you understood all of these things? There was a section that I skipped because the, the, the apostles were like, I don't get these parables. But at the end, I think almost Jesus has the audacity to say, have you understood all of this? And they said, yes. I really don't know if they did. You know, I, I really don't know what their aspect is. But the reason why this gets interesting to me is if, I, if I'm using, remember that this is all about biblical imagination. It's educated biblical imagination. What would it have looked like? What would it have been like? to be there when Jesus was having this conversation with them. And I think too often we make him too prim and proper up on some stone or up on a hillside, uh, you know, with the wind just perfectly blowing through his hair or whatnot. I think Jesus was jacked up in this moment. I think Jesus wanted us to understand what the kingdom of heaven was, and it was frustrating to him that words were so limited compared to what he has offered to us on a daily basis. I think when he starts out and says, look, you've got to understand the kingdom of God. You've got to understand the kingdom of heaven. You've got to understand this thing that I didn't just come and, and I'm going to die and raise so that you can go to heaven someday. It's so that you can live it now. It, and it's like a great harvest. I mean, it's beautiful and it's wonderful and it's a seed that I'm planting. And it, it's growing, but the enemy's going to come against it. So when you're talking about the kingdom of God, of course you're going to stop and think, but... I've got this health issue, or I've got this debt, or I've got this mistake that people hold over my head, or whatever the case may be. There's weeds in the garden, but here's the thing. I can't just pull them out, or else I'm going to take out the weed. In other words, this kingdom is for everybody, but to take that weed out, to take that evil out, I've got to take out people that haven't come to me yet. The, the whole reason why Christ hasn't come yet, I, get, I, I wholly believe this, is because he's waiting as long as freaking possible for everybody who will accept him, so they do, so he loses none. That, 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 that is the patience of God, in my, my standpoint. So it's going to go up amongst the two of them, but it's a harvest. And at the end of this, it's all going to come together. That's what the kingdom of God is. You can have the harvest, even in the midst of the, these weeds. And I know it doesn't seem like much, but it's like a... It's like a mustard seed. Do you see like the frustration they must have within us of not being able to explain? Not that we don't get it, but they can't explain it for you. It's like, a, it's like a mustard seed. It's so small and it's so little. But if you plant it, if you choose it, if you grow it, if you water it, if you lean into it, if you make choices to lean into me, it's going to grow not like everything else in the field, but it's going to grow taller and it's going to be a tree. And I'm talking like a massive tree. I'm talking about a tree that did not bend as yesterday's wind came flying through. I'm talking about a massive tree 
tree and it's going to be good and it's going to be glorious and it's going to be full of leaves and not just for you but the birds are going to rest within that tree you're going to provide protection and hope and love for other people and your shelter as you grow in the kingdom of God. That's how it grows. It's like, it's like um, leaven and bread. It's like when you, when you guys are used to the flat stuff and you want the good stuff that's really full. It's just a little bit of leaven. You, you might not feel like you have it, just a little bit of leaven. And it grows and it expands and it's good for everybody that is around them. That, that's what, what the kingdom's life. You might, might not feel like you have much. You might not feel like you're of great worth. There might be other things that you, don't, you think, well, I'm just, it doesn't seem like there's too much I can do for God. It's like leaven. It's like a mustard seed. It's, it's so small. It's so little. And then when he talks about when you find it and you start to conceive it, he's like, it's like a treasure. I mean, if you found a treasure in a field of great worth, wouldn't you give up everything else you have to be able to afford it? Of course you would. It's a, that's a, that's a, asinine if somebody took and just said here's the powerball winnings you can have it you just got to sell your house buy house i mean this is this is of great worth what possibly could be in our lives what possibly could we take and have in our own goals what thing could we have in our own control they say i'm not going to be faithful because i want to control these things instead of have the full treasure of jesus's Walk in my life. That's what it, it, it's like. It's like it's like a jewel. It's like it's like if you're a merchant, and that's what you focused on. That was your living. And that's what your family heritage was. Is this this jewel? And you find this pearl of great worth. Everything else that you had before that, that you thought was collectible and in your safe, you'll sell it. You'll trash it. It's gone because you want this. That's what the kingdom of heaven is. It's everything, and nothing else compares in any way, shape, or form in this aspect. And then he goes back to the end, where it is for everybody. The net is for everybody. And it's almost like an invitation of, listen, listen, do you want to be collected like good fish? Like, do you, I mean, are you there for Fish Five Friday? You know what I mean? Like, are you for that? Are you like some boot or some can that gets thrown to the side? Because that's what's going to happen at the end. We have the choice between the two. And then he has the audacity look at us and say, do you get this? Are you following me at all? Do you understand these things? I called uh, Rowan Thursday when I was working on this. I was like, man, it's been a couple years. I'm kind of curious where he's at and all this we hadn't talked about it for a little while. And uh, I said, you remember when we had that conversation about the kingdom of God? He goes, oh, yeah, I remember that. I was like, okay. I said, what, it's two years later. What are you seeing? He's like, oh, man, it, it's defining everything, everything we are. It's defining everything that we are. When you understand kingdom living, when you understand what God has for us on a daily basis. And we're talking about things, and uh, he's, it's the main focus of the Wednesday night services. And I asked him kind of a standard pastor question. If it's a major topic for you right now, why are you not talking about Sunday mornings? Why are you talking on Wednesday nights? Because what, what, what's, what's the general feel, what the numbers say? You, people come Sunday mornings, and not so many on Wednesday night. And he said, if people are getting the kingdom of God, that's not an issue. That's not an issue because you're all in. You're all in. And I want to suggest to you that if we start to wonder what kingdom living looks like, that we have to compare it to something, and what we would compare it to is normal cultural Christianity. 
there is a normal Christianity for the United States of America, and then there's Jesus saying, I want you to live kingdom living. And I can't be a Sunday morning Christian and move over to here. It just doesn't happen. I'm not talking you have to be in the house of God every day. I'm saying I can't be a Sunday morning Christian and be living kingdom living. I can't take and try to control my finances, my time, my giving, my resources, my talents, my gifts, and be doing kingdom living. And just say, it's yours. It's yours. I can't live in fear and be over in kingdom living. It doesn't happen. Because I understand Jesus. I'm now the tree. I don't, I don't have to live like that anymore. I don't have to live under guilt or shame in any way, shape, or form because that keeps me from kingdom living. Anything that keeps me here that's comfortable and safe and under my self-control is the weeds that keeps me from the harvest. Do you understand these things? I was talking to a friend this week. Uh, it's going through some tough times, and as we all know, we go through tough times for multitudes of reasons. A lot of times it comes down to the sin of this world, messing up corrupt, uh, you know, creation, or uh, it's the the sins that we made ourselves, it's the sins other people push upon us out of their own free will. Sometimes it's a combination of a couple, sometimes it's a combination of all. And uh, they're in a situation like that. And um, extreme hopelessness and fear and giving up. And as we were going back and forth uh, in our conversation, uh, this is the part I'll share with you, where she said, I'm glad your God loves you. I'm glad he's been faithful to you and I'm glad he has shown you love but we do not have the same God the saddest part of that is I know a truth she doesn't we do have the same God we do but how we perceive how we receive the choices we make do greatly impact how we perceive that relationship and how we perceive God. <coughs> to help us, God, I'll give you another quote. This one, I actually know the person's name. Jamie Lindsay from the book called Moved by Compassion. How we think impacts our behavior. If we have an unhealthy and non-kingdom perspective about things like money and resources, then our behavior will reflect that perspective. How we think impacts our behavior. How I think about cultural Christianity in the United States versus the kingdom of God living that he invites us to impacts my behavior. Back to the original quote. If you would, Scott, the next one. The kingdom of God is freedom. It is freedom from oppression. It is freedom from healing. And it's freedom from wholeness. It is hope, peace, and joy. That's what we're invited to through Jesus Christ. As we go through the next few weeks, and uh, I'll tell you, it will be uh, somewhat empty because there's no way in the next few weeks we're going to be able to cover 
enough topics to really drill this in, but it will give us enough to start dreaming a little bit and maybe uh, looking at some new options. Um, but I did want to add this into it since we're talking about wholeness. Um, a lot of times when I think of holiness, I think of like bright lights and angels and ah type stuff, you know. And uh, it seems like something that's unattainable. When I got that holiness as being whole, it seemed a little bit more tangible and something that I can grow in. And in that book I just mentioned a few, few moments ago, Moved by Compassion, it has a suggestion of some, some pillars of holiness in our lives, so if we can go to that, Scott. And I'll give this to you so our note-takers can write it down. If you're not a note-taker, I hope you do anyway, so take a picture off the screen or ask me about it later, whatever it takes. Um, it's areas of our lives that we can continue to grow in when it comes to being whole. Uh, obviously, we were talking about things spiritually, um, mentally, what you believe, uh, emotionally, because we can know something mentally and not necessarily emotionally. Emotions lie to us off, often. Uh, relational wholeness, financial wholeness, uh, physical wholeness. Um, and that one, I'm praying about that a little bit. It seems like I'm hearing a lot more conversations within our church family uh, with concerns about physical wholeness. And I, I'm praying to see if God's doing something with that in the, this next year with us as a whole and encouraging each other. Um, invocationally. Uh, if you get those down, I think it would give you some places to start wondering because we all got areas that we can grow in. But if we make that list from a cultural Christianity, our bar is going to be so much lower than what your daddy wants for you, than what your daddy wants for you in our day-to-day -day life. If you were blessed by today's teaching, we hope you return for our next podcast. Or better yet, stop by the Shepherd's Fellowship any Sunday morning to join us live. You can learn more about the church by calling 740-382-3500 or check us out online by going to tsflife.com. That's tsflife.com. You can also support the ministry of TSF Life by donating at our church website or sending support to the Shepherd's Fellowship, 1647 Marion Marysville Road, Marion, Ohio, 43302. Thank you for spending your time with us today, and we look forward to seeing you soon. Be blessed.